Welcome to Make and Multiply, one of our Hear and Obey episodes where we are talking about passage of scripture that we just preached uh, yesterday. I am Ryan Chase, joined by Matt Grun and Mark Christensen, and we are going to be in Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 31. So I'll read this and pray and then talk about the meaning and the significance of God's word. Exodus 4.18, Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt... See that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son, and I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was then that she said, A bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord which he had, with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people, and the people believed. And when they heard the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. So, Father, we pray that you would sanctify us by your word. Your word is truth. We thank you that through this word you reveal yourself to us and you... Speak to us so that we will be changed and made more like Jesus. And so make that so for us now in Jesus' name. Amen. What a text. <laughs> Man, if there was ever a text that highlighted our, or pushed our conviction of all Scripture is mm-hmm. God-breathed mm-hmm. Uh, and is useful, useful. for our for teaching, for profiting, and so that we can be equipped for every good work. Man, this... <laughs> Okay, God, what do you have for us mm-hmm. in this? Um, yeah, thanks for serving us on mm. Sunday, Ryan. I, I think I told my huddle on Friday morning, this may be the most difficult text I've, <laughs> I can remember preaching yeah. in recent time. <laughs> oh, man. Wrestled, wrestled with it a lot last week, for sure. I know as I was looking ahead, I was, yeah, praying for you for sure. I, I didn't know <laughs> Thank what to you. do with it. So. <laughs> yeah, if... if the, if people think about that, praying for whoever's preaching, um, we greatly need it. It's yeah. not like we just sit down and read it and go, oh, I know how to preach this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, it is a, a a work, and it's a, yeah, it's like wrestling. It's like when Jacob wrestled with God, just got to keep going, <laughs> keep yes. wrestling. Do not let us go until you've blessed us with, with meaning and, and you so, so helpfully brought us, mm. um, I think, to, to really satisfying what I think what what Moses meant um, and I think what, what's helpful and you point this out Ryan that to, to think of this now as there is a scene change right so mm-hmm. we have if we're thinking 
of the story in its progression and its narrative. It comes in different scenes and we've now finished the scene at the burning bush and now we pick up with another scene, but it's moving so quickly that it, it really does feel like you said a montage. It really feels like mm-hmm. you're, you're flipping through the, a quick succession of scenes to get you to something else, mm-hmm. um, which is chapter five, where he finally does get back to Egypt and mm-hmm. so begins the, 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 the Exodus story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that montage, you know, like you said, and you used examples from, like from Rocky, those aren't, it's not wasted time. Right. It's not trying to convey, well, nothing really happened here. Let's just fast forward. No, it's meant to progress the story to show change and, um, and development usually. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. for instance, Rocky, like he starts out, <laughs> he needs to train and then he has to go to the fight. Well, we're going to compress that time in between by showing he does all that. He's doing with, the work. With ups and downs, right? Yeah. A lot of mo- times montages have, they try at first, they yeah. fail. And then they yeah. try again and it works. Um, and I think we do see some of that here with Moses. Of It starts out with him. If you still feel that carryover of his doubt, if you will, of his mm. questioning of like, well, let me go ask my father-in-law. Let, <laughs> let me just go make sure it's okay with him and, and all this. But I think what you pointed out, because that was my first inclination mm. when we talked. That was my first inclination. But I think how you brought us, well, it's actually him, whether or not he was a thousand percent convinced of what was happening, he did take steps. Like yeah. there was a movement. Um, and that's ultimately what we see is Moses actively, actively, which is an important word, mm-hmm. trusting God mm-hmm. in his actions. Yeah. It, you know, it's one thing to have a mountaintop experience, burning bush moment, but then obedience is mm-hmm. everyday, real life. There are practical things like, okay, next step is a conversation has to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> with my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some, you know, seeking permission, explaining what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a reminder that obedience is real life. That's right. It happens in, in the real life. And it doesn't necessarily look flashy or glamorous, but steps have to be taken. Okay, mm-hmm. so what's the next right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, with that montage, I, I think it's it's helpful as you read this. If Moses simply wanted to move the story from the burning bush to Egypt, he could have just said something like, so Moses obeyed the Lord and went to Egypt mm-hmm. and you could skip over all of this. Right. So the fact that it's here and that these things as brief as they are, as, as ambiguous as they seem at first, the fact that it's all here reinforces something for mm-hmm. us, which I think is helpful as we're looking at a text like this thinking, so even this is breathed out by God and useful mm-hmm. for our teaching and instruction. Yeah. There, there, there is an example here of the obedience of faith. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's a, it's here for a reason. I was, yeah. Just to be honest, I was still lost. You, even as you gave your intro, read the text, I'm like, I like what he's saying. I don't know how this applies here. Um, and then we got to your example of this is like a montage. And I just had my huddle before this. And um, we talked about how helpful that was because um, if someone's anything like me, my temptation is to, well, let me just skip over this passage to the next. The next one's full. It's longer. There's more details there. It makes sense to me. Um, what do you do with, it seems like um, you talked about there's seven scenes here yeah. and it seems like they're all disconnected. There's nothing that really goes together here and there's ambiguity which makes me feel like, okay, I, this isn't important, but I thought it was really helpful how you showed even in Rocky, he's in the meat locker, you know, using the meat as a punching bag. He's yeah. running up the steps. He's working out. What's the point? Rocky got to work. Right. I think the point here was Moses got to work by faith, 
obeying God. Taking step. Yep. This you know verse about so he put his wife and sons on a donkey. That's right. Off they went. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're they're loading up. They're going. It, it, there are practical steps that they have to take in obedience to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and 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 even just to have that described for us is such an encouragement and a reminder mm-hmm. that uh, when we are trusting the Lord and and living by faith. That, that's not just happening, you know, I'll go into the closet and pray mm. in the quiet place and just have close time with the Lord. As, as nice as that is, reading your Bible and praying in secret, at some point you got to, you know, you load the kids in the car and you right. are <laughs> going about your day. You're doing your chores. You're, you're going to work. You're, you're living life. And, and it's in that that you're living by faith. And obeying. That can be obedience. That's yeah. obedience. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think. This it, it it's interesting timing. You know, last week I put I posted a blog called the reality. Right. Was it the reality of obedience or the real world obedience? Yeah. Part of my argument, and I think, and this is I've had this discussion with my ethics class too. Of um, part of the confusion that we have in our world today, particularly around like identity and sexuality, when ultimately is a question of obedience. Um, and, and all obedience is a question of faith because mm-hmm. you're obeying something. You're putting your trust in something, but. My, my point was that social media and technology have allowed us or has pushed the separation between our bodies, like our actual real life tactile world we live in, mm-hmm. and our wills, emotions, whatever, has been able to split those mm-hmm. so much that I can have a profile mm-hmm. online that is curated or, in fact, sometimes made up and sure. totally foreign from my actual real world. Mm-hmm. And one, all of a sudden one becomes more me, quote unquote me than this, you know, tactile world I live in. And that then that sinful separation can give rise to, well, maybe I'm mm-hmm. actually a, a boy and, a, and, and, or maybe I'm not a girl and I am a boy. Like mm-hmm. that type of, that stuff it makes sense given we separate those two. Yeah. And what Moses displays here is, a very mapped on his real life and his actual obedience. Like you were saying, it's one thing to have a mountaintop experience. We've all had that at a camp around a fire saying, or I'm going to stop doing this sin. I'm going to go back and everything's going to change. And, and it feels fact, very real. Right. And it, yeah. and it feels genuine and you feel moved. But the fact that it doesn't <laughs> means that, well, I didn't, you know, obedience is not actually happening in my real world. Um, and often because, yeah, it's just ultimately the question is what are we trusting? Yeah. Where our feet, we walk towards what we're aimed at. Right. And Moses, you know, dep- you know, I'm sure there's Moses, I think, by giving this montage, in some senses, is showing this like, well, it wasn't like a, all right. And then I went yeah. fully trusting and off I go. <laughs> there's a sense of, well, there was some obstacles, mm-hmm. but he was still aimed at Egypt because that's where God had called him. Ryan, you had offered a definition of faith. Um, which I'll just read it here. Faith is taking God at his word and acting on it, no matter how you feel, leaving the results to God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm shaking my head the whole time. And then we get to that point, no matter how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can be a disconnect for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so just taking that to this text, no matter how Moses felt and no matter how much we lack detail here, mm-hmm. he obeyed God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, that coming down from the mountaintop, like you were describing, if people can relate to that sitting around, you know, at camp around a bonfire, feeling a, a spiritual high, mm-hmm. making resolutions, you, you, maybe it's at a conference or whatever, um, 
it's one thing when the feelings are all there and you're resolved, all right, I'm going to make this change in my life or whatever. But everybody knows what that feels like when it's Monday morning (laughs) and you say the resolution is I'm going to get up earlier and read my Bible. And then when it actually comes to it, you're like, ah, that's, this is not (laughs) so fun. (laughs) It just feels very different than Mm -hmm. what you felt in that moment Mm. at a, at a retreat or a conference or, or in a worship service or, so I think having that realistic expectation, that obedience to the Lord, living by faith, doesn't always feel like it does hmm. in those moments of highs. And and yet, trusting God anyway and taking steps by faith, that's where, you know, underneath all of it, I, I hope that's clear. It's, it's by faith. It's because God has spoken and we believe what he said. So it's, it's a matter of faith. It's not just willpower I'll, I'll right. do this in my own effort or I'm trying to earn something from God no it's 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 by faith but faith takes steps faith is active mm-hmm. which is crucial you know we live in a time where within evangelicalism a lot of Christians want to completely separate faith as though it is just this totally passive inactive you just mm-hmm. sit there and think things yeah. <laughs> rather than what we see in scripture yeah faith is always moving Faith yeah. is active. Yeah, the pinnacle, uh, just as you were describing Moses, it's important for us to remember that, um, I think back to Genesis 12, where God calls Abram. So we get the, you know, Abram is just this guy living in Ur, the Chaldeans, and probably worshiped the moon and just, you know, was not a quote unquote, he didn't grow up in the church. Yeah. And God then comes to him and says, all right, leave. <laughs> Go and I'll tell you when to stop. And just, he makes a bunch of promises. Um, promises were made and promises are good and mm. they're they're sweet promises but just to put yourself in Abram's yeah. shoes like what does that feel on. like <laughs> and then verse 4 after the promises are made is so critical mm. so Abram went mm-hmm. as the Lord had told him well, that, I think we can if we're just reading the text we can just blow past that Paul in Romans 4 doesn't blow past that moment right. I pulled that one up too here of Paul in Romans 4 when describing Abram said in four verse, Romans 4 verse 20, No unbelief made him, Abram, waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Mm-hmm. So Paul's implying that the going when Abram went, it went because he trusted God. Right. He, he trusted that he would be true to his word, that mm-hmm. he would say, he would do all that he said he would do, and lo and behold, he did. Yeah. And his faith was strengthened. Right. And it grew. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, which often, that that's a great observation. You know, you, you might start out and at the beginning, you don't really feel like mm-hmm. it or the feelings are overwhelming, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. And as you just take a step of faith and then another step of faith, you grow in your confidence and assurance. Right. God is faithful. He is carrying me he is providing he is good and and the more you have that the feelings change yeah. you know realizing if, if you always live by your feelings and, and do what feels easiest in the moment that will feel easy now and it will get harder and harder and harder mm-hmm. life will get it, it'll become a mess but if you die to yourself you live by faith you take God at his word it might not feel very pleasant right now mm-hmm. but it, it gets better and better and better mm-hmm. and I think also a solution to you know, how can we do this? I think what's crucial is also recognizing the importance of community, mm. the importance of that God has not called us to do this alone. Mm. The church is the institution God has given us to move together, to grow. Mm. Like ah, Paul, where does he say? So you are being knit, to, you're being formed together 
uh, Ephesians, Christ as the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. You know that passage. Yeah. Well, Ephesians 2. That's it. Or <laughs> well, first, first Peter 2. Yes, all those. Of we are, the church is a community of people who are going through that process yeah. individually, but as a corporate body, that we're members of a body that are going yeah. together. So, man, I think of like working out. Like, I've how many times have I tried to start working out on my own? Mm-hmm. And the only times I've ever actually gotten any traction is when I've done it with, with other people. people. Sure. And so there's just an element of laboring together yeah. that is, and I think that's what a sweet gift God gave Moses was not only did he get to bring his family, mm-hmm. but go and meet your brother. Yeah. And he and he's going to be thrilled to yeah. see you. And you, you have this, all right, we're going to go together to our people and, and proclaim God's word. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a gift of, the gift of gospel, gospel community cannot be, you know, played down. Yeah. yeah. I think living by faith too, um, we talk about taking steps of faith. My mind goes directly to the big things like, I think you brought up in your sermon, what job am I going to have next? Mm -hmm. Who am I going to marry? Do we move or not? Mm -hmm. Um, But you had spoken early too. It's like, it's getting your family ready in the morning Mm -hmm. and opening the Bible at dinner time together and taking those little steps. Mm -hmm. Um, They might not seem like big things, but over time your faith is going to be strengthened. um, It's going to be easier to obey Mm -hmm. um, in some senses. Mm -hmm. So I have it here. Ephesians 2. Uh, verse 19 through 21. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, mm-hmm. built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So we're, mm-hmm. our, our, our growing is not, it, it's grounded on on something stable, which is namely Christ himself, yeah. in whom the whole structure being to join together grows into a holy temple. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. So we are being knit together by faith because we're all placing our trust in the same thing, yeah. namely the gospel of Jesus. That, that's one of those observations in hindsight. I think, oh, man, that that should have been in the sermon. <laughs> if you think about in this text, mm-hmm. um, you know, from Jethro to Zipporah to Aaron, other people. Mm-hmm. Moses is the one who encountered God on the mountain of God. But Moses does not make it to Egypt mm. without those other people right. in his life. I mean, Zipporah saving his life. That's right. <laughs> if, if Moses is the one who's about to die here in the text. Mm. That, so that, that's incredible, that reminder that, mm. um, yeah, even a mighty man of faith like Moses right. doesn't go it alone. Right. And it's also, you know, the questions of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, like, these were... Midianites. These are people well outside right. the mm-hmm. promised or the the promised people of God, mm. but yet their faith in the God of mm-hmm. the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, to to go with to allow Moses to go for support mm-hmm. and go with him, and then to save his life by fulfilling the covenant obligations, mm-hmm. just goes to show mm-hmm. that um, you know, as Paul says in Romans and Galatians, that this promise has always been to people of faith, faith. to share the That's faith it. of yeah. Abraham. It, and we'll see after the Passover. Um, when Israel finally leaves Egypt, it says in Exodus, uh, is it 12 or 13 there, um, that a mixed multitude went out with them. Mm-hmm. So there, there were a lot of foreigners right. who Egyptians saw too. what happened in the plagues and thought, we're going with you and your God. Right. Which <laughs> so were, it's always been open to And, and it reveals, again, a theme of God in the, what's going to happen in the plagues is yeah. a, a, a much louder version of what happened on that mountain. Yeah. Which is God revealing himself. Right. I am the God of all. Yeah. And 
that is going to be a theme, as we've named it, that they shall know that I and the Lord is their God. Yeah. The, random fact. Well, not, not so random. <laughs> I haven't mentioned this uh, in the last couple of sermons, but the Midianites were descendants of Abraham through is his it? wife, Keturah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that's an interesting... So they, they probably would have practiced circumcision. They, they mm. probably had passed down some kind of... I mean, it's even mentioned that Jethro was the, the priest, priest of Midian, yeah. right. which is kind of this foreshadowing. And okay, so priest what does that mean? What? Yeah, priest of what? Who does he, what, what God does he worship? Right. Well, yeah. he's a descendant of Abraham, actually. So hmm. not through the promised one, right. Isaac, but probably knew the God of Abraham. So, mm. yeah. Ryan, I'm wondering, as you're studying this text, just in the ambiguity and the lack of details here, um, the point you made about God is being trusted, obeyed, mm-hmm. exactly as he says. Mm-hmm. Not, there's a hint of it in there, there's a you know dash of this and a dash of that, but then kind of our own um, subjective yeah. um, feelings about what God says. But, you know, God has spoken, mm-hmm. he has said something, therefore we're to obey it exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we go on here, we'll see that the Israelites don't do that. No. They don't do it exactly as God says. No. So um, I'm just wondering, yeah, in the lack of detail there, it's clear, like it's plain. Yeah. Um, God doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to have a explanation of it. It's do this. Yeah. Okay, we will by faith. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And when you open the commentaries on this, pages and pages, it, debating and going back and forth, what does the phrase bridegroom of blood mean? And who exactly is it that's about to die at the lodging place on the way? Because in the Hebrew, it doesn't say Moses. It just says, you know, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Some people say, well, that was his son. That was Gershom. Some people say, no, it's Moses. And so lots of kind of rabbit trails you could go down. And, and not that they're unimportant, but the thing that stands out if you just focus on, well, what is said clearly, um, it, the, the very clear connections between the instructions God gives Moses at the burning bush, even that detail about, so Moses took the staff of God. Where, where did he get the idea that I, I need to keep this staff? <laughs> well, chapter four, verse 17, the very last words of the burning bush. You know, God's <laughs> telling him, take that staff. So Moses <laughs> takes that staff. <laughs> it's one of those, it's just a brief detail, but it there's this clear connection. Oh, th- this is the exact thing God said to do. God says, say these words, do these signs. So the text tells us they said the words and they did the signs. <laughs> they, they're doing what God said. They are trusting and obeying him. And, and that's their only hope. Mm-hmm. Again, when you consider the impossibility of this mission that God has sent him on, mm-hmm. What other hope does he have? There's no, like, hey, you, you just go brainstorm, come up with your own strategy, tr- try try some things out. No, no. <laughs> you, you just do exactly what God said because God is the one, ultimately, who has said, I am going to deliver my people. I'm going to bring them out of Egypt. I'm going to strike yeah. Pharaoh. So M- Moses has no power in himself to do anything here yeah. unless he's doing what God said. And he's given commands to obey even in light of God saying, and I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Right. Um, by the way, I've given you these signs, and I know you're scared about this, but also I'm going to harden his heart, yeah. so yeah, obey. Yeah, which is, isn't that kind of God? Yeah. <laughs> to, to prepare Moses that yeah. way? And, and even mm-hmm. for us to see that and have this reminder, okay, don't be discouraged when, I, I think of, you know, what, what's a, an application for us? It, witnessing comes to my mind where mm-hmm. oftentimes we share the gospel with people and they reject it 
does that mean the gospel's not true or it's not the power of God to save? No, sometimes people need to hear the gospel, you know, half a dozen times, maybe a hundred times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we just know through scripture to expect unbelievers are going to, like Jesus prepared his disciples in John 15, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So, so don't be surprised when this yeah. happens. Peter says in, in 1 Peter 4, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange is happening right. to you, but rejoice insofar as you share yeah. Christ's sufferings. So we have these things in scripture that are telling us, Paul says, um, isn't this what we kept telling you? That through many trials, we must enter the kingdom of God? Yes. <laughs> so he's saying, just why are you so surprised? Mm-hmm. And yet, what's the very thing that happens to us? As soon as life gets a little hard, or there's a little opposition to the gospel, or panic, oh no, it doesn't work, yeah. or God has left us, or... <laughs> yeah, or as, or as Jesus said, you know, it, you know, in this world you will have tribulation, yeah. trial. But the point is, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Right. So... The, the point in, in, in God's even saying, you know, he will not let you go. Mm-hmm. He, I, I will harden his, but recognizing God is over all. He yeah. is sovereign mm-hmm. over it. And that, that should engender hope. Yeah. Even when and Moses is particularly given, <laughs> it's given a particular behind the curtain view of, oh, and God is doing it. So I, I just put myself in Moses' shoes hearing that. Okay, yeah, that would give me hope, but also like, I mean, that doesn't get rid of the question on my head of like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why must you harden his heart? Way? Right. Why can't we just do what you say? You had a good plan. Let's go with that plan. Why do we have to do that? And then all of a sudden he says, no, I'm going to let him harden his heart. And he's going to come back to that yeah. in, in, in chapter six about talking about, no, elaborating. And we don't really get an answer to that in, you know, in detail. I mean, we see it. We see the narrative play out throughout the play. So it isn't until Paul in Romans 9 expressly says why that happens yeah. because so God could show even more his power over the Egyptians, which is so, which now it's like, oh, I can look at my own suffering my own, I can look at suffering in the world, suffering in my own life in that sense. Why God? Well, it's somehow for my good and he is more glorious because of it. Um, and that, I don't know, that you can, you can hope in that, yeah. you know, you can, yeah. I can give my, I can put my faith in something in a God like that. Because putting my faith in a God who is out of control, who has no control over yeah. it, that you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to war against Pharaoh. We'll see who we'll wins. See. We hope. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> that's not a reassuring thought. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, this is what a text. This is. I, yeah, when you, you you called me this week to, to talk about it, and as we were looking at it, I'm like, oh boy, I'm so glad you're preaching it. <laughs> but yeah, this is what's so beautiful about God's word is that. It is kind of like a mine that you just kind of, you go in and it feels dark and then all of a sudden mm. you strike a vein and you start chasing it and it opens up and yeah. you get to it's see rich. the gold that God has in there. That's a good way to put it. Well, any personal application, just take away a thought, a, a feeling, an affection that God stirs, a, a response for you. I know I kind of ended the sermon just kind of giving some categories of um, taking God at his word. For us, it's, it, it's not a word like, therefore, go to Egypt or some mm-hmm. directive like that, where a lot of times we want that turn Take by turn. Take exit 64 yeah. to Egypt, yeah. Yeah. So we don't have so that turn by turn Egypt. navigation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, cool. 
But we have, you know, God's written word, and there are commands and warnings mm-hmm. here. So there are sins to avoid. Uh, there are promises for us to trust. There are uh, examples for us to follow by faith. You know, so so it's going to look different in each of our lives. But I, I think that's one thing I come away with, just the thought. All right, so what, what does God want to do in my life right now? Well, where's an area of immaturity that God wants me to grow in? Um, and, and that I'm going to trust him, that he's going to produce that growth and that change in my life. I, I think just even that as a step of obedience to this word. What's, what's the next step of obedience as I grow in Christ-likeness and mature in my faith? What's that thing you want to be working on in me right now? And I think the truth there also of like, whatever that change is going to be, is not going to be, it's not going to be separated from how God's revealed himself in the word. Yeah. So for me, it's it's a re, a re a reinvigoration to the conviction of trusting God, how God has revealed Himself in His Word. Mm-hmm. That yes, He's yes, it needs to be applied to my life and my situation exactly as you said. We I need to examine my soul, my heart. Where are some areas that the Lord wants me to grow? Mm-hmm. Well, that's I can't do that apart from this book. Yeah, you can't do that apart from how He's revealed Himself. So just reevaluate or revaluing mm. this book it, for what it's worth um, that it has something to say to me even in an obscure passage like this with weird scenes that mm. even this is for my good for my mm-hmm. instruction for my growing so that I might be equipped for mm-hmm. every good work so something about Exodus 4 mm-hmm. can I, I can I can actively live this out in my life in obedience today. That's a, and it has to be coming from this book. Yeah, um, because this is where God has shown us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think in the end you get kind of that last scene of Moses and Aaron coming to the elders. The elders then sharing with the people. This is what God had spoken to Moses that I have seen your affliction. I've come down to deliver. Um, we got to remember that the people are still. In slavery, yeah. they're under taskmasters. Um, they're afflicted with heavy burdens, and yet they heard and they rejoiced. Mm. They bowed their heads and worshipped. And so, I think maybe to add on to your definition of faith, mm. it's no matter how you feel, no matter your circumstances, yeah. um, where God has placed you right now, or um, what He's given you right now, we're still called to look to mm. God because He has spoken to us. He has revealed, and ultimately, in Christ, we're we're saved and redeemed and yeah. um, being made into his likeness. And so mm-hmm. um, we have hope, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even if we are enslaved yeah. or yeah. Um, under heavy burdens. So and I, I think that response that you pointed out, Mark, of the of the, 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 the Israelites is the one that I want to cultivate in my own soul mm-hmm. of rejoicing. Even when even when my circumstances Still give in the circumstances. no reason for me to yeah. rejoice, that I have reason to rejoice because God has see my affliction he knows me he's he's not not only that because all, all they get is the promise that he will and we have the reality he has mm-hmm. and so we can look to christ and say yeah. oh, i have reason to rejoice so philippians mm-hmm. takes all of his meaning rejoice in the lord always say it again rejoice because god has paid for it all i mean mm-hmm. any affliction whatever my circumstance whatever my emotions or my feelings that's the, that's the probably the thing i want to cultivate the most is to my first impulse is to rejoice because yes. the Lord has been good to me. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Excellent. Thank you guys for your thoughts and 
helpful to talk through these things together with a view to apply yeah. toward to our lives. So that's right. Thank you, Ryan. Until next time. Yeah.